Oh my God. Hi. Oh my goodness. Can you hear me well? Yes, I can. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blank Canvas. We have a very special guest this week, my BFFL, Lissa. You have no idea how much my heart is like beating right now. I'm so happy you asked me. I almost started crying. I swear to God. I was like, oh my God, I feel so loved. She really loves me. <laughs> of course I do. Of course I love you, girl. You are, well, you're not my first guest, but you're my first guest outside of family, but you count as family too, so damn. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I feel so great. What a great way to end my Wednesday. Oh my goodness. I mean, you know, when these great ideas come to me, I just be like, you know what? Genius. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a Amazing. fucking genius. Amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Amazing. <laughs> Off the charts. <laughs> Thank you. And who else better? Because I love our conversations. And I feel like if people could be a fly on the wall in some of our deepest conversations, they could be better individuals, you know? So we had some things that we were talking. Oh, before I even get into it, do you want to tell the people what you do and stuff? Yes. Hi, I am Melissa. I am Kayla's BFFL. And I'm a social worker. I do case management. And I'm interested in travel and different cultures and whatnot. Yeah, she does love to travel, y'all. She always be trying to leave America. But at this point, (laughs) I don't blame her. Send me a postcard. <laughs> Please. And at this point, send me a plane ticket because I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm out of here. I got they finna get rid of abortion. I'm out of here. Yeah, come on. I got you. Well, <laughs> you know where I'm going. Who knows what they gonna have over there? <laughs> I might be more screwed over there than I am over here. <laughs> it's a possibility. <laughs> but earlier we were talking about some topics about how do we feel about cutting people off and I said that I was really good at it to a point where it could be detrimental to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm honestly trying to work on it but it's it's a struggle because for me cutting somebody off it's like I feel an ounce an inch a pinch of toxicness and I'm like "Mm, no this don't feel good I don't like it goodbye and I can't do that with everybody like because what if it's just a small little disagreement and I just need to work through it yeah I feel that I definitely feel that I got really good at cutting people off especially in college because I'm somebody who's I've always had a friend like so I've never been really (laughs) pressed to get friends (laughs) so when somebody did something was like oh okay I can replace you (laughs) this ain't that big of a deal like I can just move on but once I started, you know, when you get the like really good group, like that core group of friends, you have to approach things differently. You can't have that same spirit of just like throwing them away like you would anybody else. Yes. Can we talk about how important it is to have a good group of friends? It changes the game. It changes the game. Finding your people in this world is literally, I think, life-saving. It honestly, I I was actually making a note of things that are really good for my mental health. Um, and I wanted to make at least have at least 10 things on there so that when I'm down, I can go to that list, look at mm-hmm. it and see what I need to do. And friendship, I had to put it on there. Nothing really brings me out of a funk. Like talking to somebody I know who I, who trust, who I trust, who has my back, who supports me. And that's like in my friendship. That's where I get that from. Yes, me too. And you know, I'm an Aquarius. She, of course, she knows I'm an Aquarius, guys. Mm-hmm. Scorpio over here, Scorpio gang. <laughs> yes. So friendship and like for my zodiac sign is like so so important. And they say we're really good at making everybody feel like they're our friend, and we're really good at being friendly. Which I mean, it depends on who you ask. About me, they may be like debatable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I- you're really good at it. I think. um I think you are, but I I know you so well that I like I know the truth. <laughs> Everybody else is just they think that you like them. <laughs> you just don't. 
<laughs> See, that's the thing. They say that my sign is really good at like having everybody believe that they're our friends, but in reality, the core people who know us know that oh, y'all y'all don't even know them. Y'all have barely mm. even scratched the surface. And for anybody, I just think that a good group of friends is vital. Like even if you can't have a group, just it, try to at least have one good person outside of family, outside of just yourself. Because you need friends to be able to bounce ideas off of, bounce emotions off of, bounce just your thoughts and have somebody that you can relate to in this world outside of just yourself and like the family you were born into. Because everybody is not born into a family that it's like, I love them. They're great. I wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's just important to have, you know, you're not, if you're like me, you know, maybe you're going off to school or something, so you're not around your family 24-7 anyway. And yeah. so you, when you're at school, you may be with friends or when you're out of school, maybe y'all y'all still live nearby each other. So it's just, friends can be more accessible in ways that family can. And then with family, they've only seen you one way because right, you've, you've grown up with them. They may yeah. have this one dimensional way of looking at you, whereas mm-hmm. your friends get to see all aspects of who you are. Yes, I see that's listen, that is such a good point because I had read somewhere, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was basically something like, you know, you think you can tell like your parents and stuff or whatever thing, but the people who see the honest, most rawish, true version of you are your friends. And I couldn't agree with that more. It's because my friends know things that I would either be embarrassed or not even 100% embarrassed to tell family. But it's just like, I don't have time for the judgment where I know if I go tell y'all, it's no big deal. It's like Mm -hmm. ride or die. It's like, oh, that happened? Like, it's nothing. But if you go tell an adult, and I mean, I guess it could be because they're older than us. It's a whole different generation. It's so much judgment that comes with it. It's so much side eye. It's so much uh, misunderstanding where we have to just sit there and explain. And I just don't have the time for that. <laughs> like, I, I need think, somebody to get it. Yeah, I think also for me, my friends get the unedited version of me. Yes. Um, because they're just, I can be fully myself and it's not to say that my mom or like whoever else won't love me for who I am but my friends especially like I, it's the generational difference as well right so like mm-hmm. me and my mom were in two different generations so how I express myself and how she expresses herself they're different it's just a different way of dealing with things so my friends get all of me you know raw uncut <laughs> this is Melissa this is what you get <laughs> Yes, and it's so much, it's the best thing. All of you is the best thing. I also wanted to point out how we talked about how the level of cutting off, how it can be viewed as toxic or a self-defense mechanism. And the more and more I thought about it, I thought that mine may be like a defense mechanism. Like I'm protecting myself. Like I feel it and I'm like, ooh, nope. No, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that. But again, like I said earlier, that can be harmful to me. And I also think it can be um, self-sabotage in a sense. Because I'm not like I'm not fully feeling certain things that I need to feel, process, and go through. Yeah, for me, I have used cutting people off like a weapon. Um, I'll give you an example. (laughs) And I'll keep my nickname. So I'll give an example. I was talking to somebody and we'll call them Gary. Mm-hmm. Not the real name, but let's just go with Gary. <laughs> and I, I found myself, and they and Gary called it out too. I would um, cut Gary off mm-hmm. and block Gary, silent treatment, not talking, not doing any of that. And I looked it up one day and they were, and I saw, I forgot what website it was from. But it was just talking about how that can be very toxic of like using solid treatment or blocking people can be a very toxic um, thing to do, especially if you don't, you know, if you don't try to talk it out first or try to work things out, just cutting people off cold turkey can really hurt their food. I never thought about that because I've never been cut off. I'm always (laughs) doing the cutting off. And so it was just a weird thing to think about how that can be so hurtful to people because for me it's like oh you're ruining my peace Gary you gotta go yes 
you know, it can hurt Gary's feelings. And it did hurt Gary's feelings. You know, I don't I don't block. I the only person I've only had to block one ex friend out of my life because I'm so good. Like I'll see a phone call, I'll ignore it. Somebody will be at my door, I won't answer. I don't care if you <laughs> see my car. I don't care if you saw me looking out the window. I'm not here. <laughs> so I've only had to ever. You're right because I'm always the one usually cutting, um, cutting people off. Not the one being cut off. I honestly think the only person who's cut me off is my own dad. Like he, he cut me off. But that's mm-hmm. about it. And I honestly, him cutting me off taught me that everybody doesn't go to the next level of life with you and I, I I don't hate him for it and I didn't hate him for it back then it just taught me a valuable lesson like okay some people are seasonal and some people are forever and then you just have to go through life and figure it out but the friend that I had to cut off was I mean blocked was because well they were cut off and blocked but they were the only person that I had to do it and that's because they were going back and they were trying to snitch on me so I was like oh no I remember you- that yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Now you don't get any access to my life. You don't get to view social media. You don't get to text me anymore or anything. Because then they had also started asking, like, bothering other people to come talk to me to try to get me to be forced to talk to them. No, when I, when I say I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. the more yeah. you push me to try to talk to you, the more I honestly hate you. So <laughs> don't do uh- it. I block often, um, and for me, it's kind of therapeutic, and I realize I also call it toxic, but it's kind of therapeutic in a way where it's like, okay, this person is, we're done. Like, I can take a step back, I can breathe, live my own life, and know that they cannot reach out to me. The only way that we're going to have a conversation is if I reach out to them. And it's also a kind of power thing, I would say, too, now that I'm thinking about it, um, it is a power dynamic when you're the one that's blocking somebody or you're the one cutting somebody off. Yes. You know, I never sat down and thought about it like that, but it really is a true power dynamic. And I guess because we're always the ones doing it, we don't really feel the negative effects of it. I like the power. Like, come on, give me the control. <laughs> it is something powerful to be able to say, I don't like this behavior. You haven't stopped it. So I'm I'm cutting it out of my life. It's something powerful with that. The crazy thing is, is I was having this discussion with a group of people earlier too, where they were like, basically, you know, women need to be accountable for the crappiness or accepting the crappiness that men do. Because they basically said after a certain point, you know, this man is he's full of shit so why do women continue to go back because if you do you basically allow them to be like okay like I'm, I'm okay and comfortable with this and they were like y'all have to have that y'all do have that power and y'all should you know um stand in that power of cutting off and that what you just said reminded me of that conversation that we were all having earlier because I was like uh, yeah I mean we do have that power we do I was like, but men shouldn't be shitty either. And somebody had to remind me that that's not the point. The point is <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that brings up what I was saying in our text earlier. That it depends on who it is. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, it may be easy to cut off somebody you just met on the street. But when you get into, like, romance, very close friends, the dynamic shifts. Yeah. And it's like, let me bring up me and Gary. I block Gary and unblock <laughs> Gary like two times <laughs> like so obviously Gary had an impact on my life that I like obviously I wanted Gary in it that I would even think of unblocking I don't do that unblocking is like me speaking Mandarin like I am <laughs> like it's a whole different dynamic so I obviously was really into Gary and it was harder to cut Gary off and it would have been the cut off you know anybody else because we had it was a deeper a deeper relationship I would say so I guess it depends on the relationship dynamics on how easy it is to really say okay Gary you're being toxic I really do have to let you go this time for real but see what that reminds me of is another thing that we had talked about earlier which was about okay when we get to a point where we can't cut off or we go back and forth with the cutting off how much damage do we as individuals allow ourselves to feel 
just because we love a person. I mean, me and you both say all the time that love isn't enough. But think about the average person. How much BS are we willing to put up with just because we love them? Or we highly like them or anything, you know, because I mean, it's not just romantically, like you said, it can be in friendships, it can be uh, sometimes with family members, you know, people always try to convince you to stick it out with toxic family just because they're family. Oh, yeah, I, I cut that off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I cut all family members and it is other people. <laughs> exactly. I have this, oh my, it makes my blood boil because when, especially when it comes to like the family and they use the excuse we're family, respect the title of like whatever. And I'm like, but you don't even respect the title enough to treat me with decency and respect. But you think I'm going to respect your title just because like, no, you can, anybody is fair game, including y'all. <laughs> no way. I agree. I agree. And you had something. Okay, I'm a. I lost it. Um, but it's gonna come back to me. But <laughs> that's a good point about the family thing. And um, family likes to. I was just talking about this too to somebody else. And family likes to do things that nobody that they think they can get away with that nobody else could. Yeah. And they try that with you. And when you set that boundary and put your foot down, it's like you're being mean. It's like, well, <laughs> I guess I'll be being then because you can't treat, you can't get away with behavior that I would not allow somebody else to get away with. Exactly. You know, what's crazy is something that I've been realizing that a lot of people don't understand boundaries or people will try to paint boundaries as a bad thing. And I'm like, no, boundaries are a necessity because if people feel like they can run all over you, say anything, do any and everything they will they will and you're suffering the consequences of being ran over they're fine I I yes and I but I can see situations where um people will set so straight boundaries it's it's like you can't even have an honest conversation with them um so I feel like it can kind of it can kind of toe that line of like I need these boundaries to um what am I trying to say I guess not just keep myself safe, but have a healthy relationship to whereas I'm using these boundaries like a weapon in a sense where I'm saying, you can't say this to me. You can't, you know, even if it's honest, important stuff that should be said where I'm not letting anybody cross that line. And that's kind of where it could kind of interesting. You kind of have to take a step back and say, why, you know, if you are setting so many boundaries, okay, what is going on? What's the intention? What is the goal of setting these boundaries? I guess I would say. Yes, that is a good, good point. I didn't even think about that because you can have so many boundaries where number one, the boundaries almost become like walls. People can't get to know you and Mm -hmm. or like you said, people can't hold you accountable for your bad behavior. I mean, because we all fuck up, but if nobody say like, hey, you messed up a little bit here, you know, then it makes it difficult for you to even deal with the person in general and grow with them. I heard something um when it came to boundaries somebody said boundaries is the best way that I can love me and you at the same time that's what my boundaries help me do oh wow that's an interesting quote I haven't heard that before (laughs) yes and when I heard that I was like yeah 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 I feel that yeah if they're done properly and not abused and weaponized like you said then when you really think about it, it is a way of loving yourself, protecting yourself, but you can still love the other person back, but not allow them to just road rage run all over you. Yeah, and I like boundaries because it is a great way to keep yourself from being exposed to things that are unhealthy. Like I, I, what I can say is um, me and my mom, she has been really good about when I set a boundary, like she may not like it initially, but she's always really good about seeing it through. And yeah. like, if I say, mom, I don't want to talk about this person anymore. And she's really good. She's really good with that. Like she really, um, she really honor that. And it shows me that, okay, she cares enough about Lisa to hear what I'm saying and to not put me in a situation where, I'm going to be uncomfortable and it's, it's not like this like talking about that issue you know that I had the boundary around, it's not beneficial to my health so you know yeah. it's not really hurting me to not talk it's not hurting her to not talk about it shout out to your mom does, for, does that like, make sense at all does what I just said make sense it did it did okay. like, 
shout out to your mom for respecting your boundaries and literally like like you said like she didn't have to agree with them but she respected you and she respected your boundary and it almost like it it helps the relationship because it's like cool like you respect and you love me enough and I want to well I I should say for me that would make me want to reciprocate it back like right right I want to develop deeper with you because you respect me yes like you've shown me that you've listened to me and you care about my feelings and what's important to me and that that holds a lot of weight yes obviously yes yes so another thing that we talked about earlier was forgiveness. Yes. Forgiveness. And my outlook on forgiveness is it's hard. Like it is hard because when you're forgiving somebody, obviously you've been offended or something has happened to you. So you have to forgive something nine times out of ten that has been done to you. And or when it comes to forgiving yourself, something that you have allowed or something that you've just, you know, done to yourself. And when it comes to forgiving other people, even though it's really, really hard, I think it's a necessity to not stay stagnant in life. And for me, I don't want the other person to have that much power and control over me. Like where I'm going through my day thinking about them, all angry and stuff or certain moves that I'm making in my life are based off of my unforgiveness for them. And I wouldn't even do or behave in certain ways if I didn't have unforgiveness. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, I'll be mildly vulnerable here. (laughs) I would say that I've, uh, people have always talked to me about forgiveness, but I've never really found anything that I would want to do. Um, But I will say that there have been moments where I was so angry, it felt like I could die. (laughs) You know, like, it was just like, it was in my bones and my muscles, just tension everywhere. And I didn't heavily consider forgiveness until I experienced it twice, that feeling twice within a matter of days. Wow. And yeah, um, I experienced it twice, like that level of rage and anger and like unable to really settle myself. And it was my conversation with my mom. I was talking to her about about somebody. Um, and she was just and my mom's a very forgiving person. And so I was looking at her and she was talking to me about like why she doesn't hate whoever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, <laughs> that's interesting because <laughs> I feel the opposite. Not that and I, Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just looking at it and I was like, maybe this is something I should like research, just put on my logical brain and see what's out there. And so I did start looking into it and I, I th- there's still stuff that I don't like certain posts about it. I still don't like, I've like brushed them off. Like, oh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. But I did find a post from Mayo Clinic that was really interesting if anybody wants to look into it it's about forgiveness and I forgot what the actual post name but if you type in forgiveness in Mayo Clinic it'll come up and it has some really interesting information and it made me want to try it out so I tried out I decided I was going to try out you know the steps that it had on somebody really basic like I, I, I picked my um old volleyball coach somebody who I used to hate <laughs> and I'm pretty sure hated me um and so I tried it out and I was like hmm well I don't feel very different um nothing really changed I don't think you know the sun didn't fall out of the sky like nothing weird happened like what is this supposed to feel like <laughs> like what am I supposed to be feeling right now I was very confused like I had to add on stuff to make it seem like a big moment like I had to do some deep breaths and put in a little mantra to make it feel like it was something massive that happened but it really just felt basic like I feel like I said a few words (laughs) had a few thoughts and that was it and so I was really um obviously there's probably more in the putting forgiveness in the practice you know when certain thoughts come up but I don't know. I tried it out today and it felt pretty basic. So that's where I am right now with that. (laughs) I will say that forgiveness is not, um, 
I'll speak for myself because I don't really know how this feels for other people. But from my experience of forgiving people, it's not this overwhelming like <sighs> feeling. It's more just like I don't know. It, it's it's kind of how you described. It's pretty basic. It's pretty simple. It's like one day you wake up and you don't care. And it's not like a I don't care like I'm faking. I don't care. It's like a really like I forgive you. I can still see you for who you are, but I'm just going about my life. Like you have no power. You hold no weight. So I just, I really don't care. It's more like that. It's very simple. It's very like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I feel that this is like my very first time intentionally forgiving somebody. Like I told another friend, I've never really forgiven anything, anybody of anything. I've kind of just, um, stopped caring, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, like I've had, a fallout before with a really close friend and it's not that I had this monumental change like <laughs> towards them I just stopped caring and I was like oh this is not, like I'm okay <laughs> they're okay like nobody's you know it's not the end of the world it just wasn't that big of a deal for me um but there's obviously some things that it's they're harder to let go that was easier to you know not care about after a few months or a year but there's some things that are just harder that take a little bit more intention, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about how much we're willing to deal with and put up with. And um, when it comes to cutting people off, like it depends on the person. It depends on the level. And some stuff you just as time goes on, you just realize, like, OK, like life goes on. Like, yeah, I was cool with them. And yeah. We share memories, but after a while, I'll say speaking for myself, it's like I may be able to remember the memories, but it's not hard for me to move forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting, like, especially forgiveness topics and um, when there is abuse present. I found some different articles on that, mm-hmm. and one of them was saying that for sexual abuse vic- victims, actually not forgive not being forgiving is actually a power there having that power to say no I'm not gonna forgive you for this so that was an interesting article I didn't I didn't do too much more research but I wonder you know what other people think about the way that forgiveness plays when there is abuse present you know I, when I think of forgiving people when it's abuse is present I think like my stepdad I have to continuously work on forgiving that and just not the behavior that he exhibits is not it's not good at all it's not um I don't know I don't even know the words I'm looking for it should not be accepted or any form at all it's just that again back to the whole I don't want I just don't like having to forgive him if I didn't I would be so full of anger so full of rage and I didn't want it to change me at my core and or change me so much that you guys didn't even recognize me anymore like that's the level of anger that I felt and that I knew it would build because I wasn't just mad for me I was mad for like my mom my brother and I just like I I was I was angry I was very very angry but it was like angry in like an unhealthy way but when you were talking about like sexual assault and abuse I never thought about that because like from my incident in college I never thought about forgiving the person who like sexually assaulted me I was just like I never thought it was more of overcoming the trauma that happened not Mm -hmm. thinking about do I forgive the person for it or not? I never, ever in my life sat down and thought about that and literally until this moment. Yeah. And like what you were saying, the type of rage you have towards your stepdad, like I, I've experienced that type of rage and anger for a whole semester or more, I would say in college. I was so, I didn't even recognize myself. Like I was a ticking time bomb. Um, and so that's the kind of rage that kind of crept back up recently when I said that I felt it in my bones, like it was so bad. Um, but I remembered what calmed me down eventually during that semester. And yeah, I was going to counseling, but that wasn't what did it. I was actually doing, I had started doing some gratitude journaling 
um, that semester. And it changed the game. And I guess I read somewhere, and I guess it made sense that you can't be both thankful and angry. <laughs> like those two <laughs> things cannot happen at the same time. <laughs> so I guess that's what was going on. And so now when I get really angry, really, really upset, I'll turn to gratitude journaling. Uh-huh. And it'll really like, even if I just write like a few little posts, it'll change how I feel. I think that's a very good point. And I can't believe I didn't even think about gratitude journaling it's like I have a gratitude journal and I do it and I ha- I think I've had moments where maybe something bad is going on and I'll you know go write in my gratitude journal but I think it's for me it was more of like if I'm sad if I'm down I'll try to be like okay let's find the things to be grateful for let's find the things that we have you know or maybe things mm-hmm. that I used to cry about having now I have and find things to be grateful for but I don't think I've ever been angry and then I immediately go write in my gratitude journal I think I'm gonna practice that because like you said it's kind of hard to be like mad and thankful at the same time one it really is like it really changed I I remember at the end of that semester I was feeling happy and light and I was like okay what's going on (laughs) just a little while back I was ready to I don't know be a ticking time bomb I don't know explode whatever and I had to reassess what I had been doing. And yeah, I had friends. Yeah, I had counseling. But the one thing that I was doing that I had not done before was consistently gratitude journal. And that I was the to, one thing. I need to start back up on that. Like I do it, but I feel like I, I regular journal more than I do my gratitude journal. And there's two, mm-hmm. I have two separate journals for that. And I, I need to do that again because when I feel moments of just like, okay like what's next or you know just stagnant like just I I mean like life is always moving and things around me are obviously moving but when I just feel like not not content in certain areas and other things I need to I need to practice my gratitude more so I think I need to amp up my level of being grateful and I already know like from what you're saying and from experiences that I've had when I did it, it, it changed the game. Cause at one point I was waking up being disciplined and journaling and doing the gratitude journal. And it literally made a difference in my day, even with like doing being disciplined with doing yoga and meditating that made a difference in my day and how I went about going throughout the whole entire day. Like it wasn't just the start. Like I realized my going out through my day was better. Yes, and I experienced a time with that one of my best moments in life. And this is why I gotta get back to having that journaling and being disciplined because I felt amazing. I would wake up feeling good. I would go to sleep feeling good. You couldn't tell me nothing. Nobody could really <laughs> rain on my parade during that time in my life when I was consistently journaling like that. Um, and I will say too that it's really hard when you are in it. Uh, a fit of rage like when you're in the moment when things have all gone to shit to just you know stop and journal so that probably won't work but it like once you get calm down a little bit and you know you have a moment where you journal it can really change the game the gratitude part um for me sometimes when I'm angry journaling just about my anger doesn't help um I'm too wound up mm-hmm. but having something to focus on like okay Melissa what are you thankful for right now and having to write that out, you uh, you literally cannot be angry and thankful. Like I, I did everybody to try it. <laughs> Make, like try it out and let and you will know you can't do both at the same time. Your mind wants gonna pick one or the other. Do you hear that, BK family? That is the work <laughs> for this week. If you have a bad moment, if you're feeling off immediately, and don't give me no excuse, you don't have a journal. Okay, we all have cell phones, <laughs> paper. You can list them, like say them out loud. When you are in a moment where you're not happy, you're not content or anything, let's do this gratitude challenge and see if it really makes a difference. Now, I've done it before and Liz has done it and it works and we're geniuses. So listen. And also, I would say don't just do like one thing. Oh, I'm happy I have a house. Okay, we'll keep going. Just keep continue to list different things. Like I'm happy that I have friends I'm happy that I get to be on my best friend's podcast I just keep going you know and just don't stop 
after one or two things and you will really notice or at least I hope you will I know I noticed a change in myself but when I kept listing things my breathing got a little easier I set up down a little more I didn't feel as wound up and as tight as I was before I started the process you know I wonder I wonder if scientifically like if something is released like when you're grateful yes yes they have TED talks on it I think um and other videos about gratitude Mm -hmm. I gotta go find it it's been a long time since that because I was curious like you just you know you asked that question I was curious and I looked it up but it's been so long but I think there's a TED talk or two about gratitude that would be like if I feel like something has to be released for our brains to just automatically go and for gratitude to be the more powerful feeling and emotion mm-hmm. to, you know, calm the rage down. Like, cause most people would think like rage is rage should be more powerful. You can't calm that down. But to think about when you find things to be grateful for. And like you said, keep going. Like I find myself when I write in my gratitude journal, it may start off with things. Okay. I got a car. Okay. I got a house. Mm-hmm. I'll find myself grateful for like, maybe I got to do yoga or maybe um, I got through the week and not only did I have a good week, but the people around me had a good week or like maybe I got to help out a homeless person or something today. Like, yeah, I'll start being grateful for other people's happiness. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Or you'll start, it'll be like the small things, like little things that you see in your journal like today. (laughs) Today I actually wrote in my, and I wrote, my mom cooked pork chops today. (laughs) And I was like, y'all, I'm a foodie at my core. Like, I am a big foodie person. So the fact that my mama took the time out of her day to fry some pork chops for me, I felt so loved. <laughs> Girl, let me tell you. So yesterday we had my mom, um, she cooked this roast. She cooked mashed potatoes and stuff. And I was just extra hungry for some reason. <laughs> I'm a foodie as well. You guys know. But she looked at me and I had like, I had my little blanket. We were all at the table. And I was just like, I was dancing. I was happy. It was like a food <laughs> because she was like you're ready and I'm yes ma'am I'm ready I'm ready and she was like you had the joy of a little kid just to like sit down and eat and she told me this morning she was like I thoroughly enjoyed watching you be happy just like eat your meals and I was like yeah because number one I love to eat number two I was starving number Number three, it's nothing like a good home cooked meal, but that I I I agree so much when you say about the whole it's the simple things because I think the simple things really weigh more than the big things. It's just sometimes we as people can be um, either I don't even want to say one hundred percent blinded, but sometimes just so distracted with the weight of the big things or the lack thereof of not having that we forget that if we didn't have the simple things like we'd really be messed up without them. Yeah, 110%. It is a little thing, and then you'll see it um, when you go back in your journal after you got to journal that the things that really caught your attention, that really helped you calm down were like a host of little things that really just compounded <laughs> on each other, and it really changed the game. I am going to tonight after we get through with this, I'm literally going to go back. Number one, I'm going to write in my gratitude journal. Do you hear that, BK family? I am <laughs> do it too. Tonight, I'm going to go write in my gratitude journal. But I like what you said about um, going back and rereading because I've reread my personal journals before, but I've never sat down and reread my gratitude journal and really paid attention to all the things that I were grateful for. And that's really like a, a duh moment mm-hmm. because <laughs> be able to go back and literally reflect on hey, I was grateful for these things and hey, I still have these things or look what I've added to the things that I was, you know, craving and desiring at one point. I'm going to go back and do that tonight. Yes, yes. I think also that (laughs) at some point in my life I was doing this. I was was turning my gratitude, like, notes into, like, affirmations. So I was thankful for things that I hadn't gotten yet. Um, And I did that for a while. And I kind of like that too. So if you guys are in affirmations or manifesting go ahead and say I'm thankful for this I'm thankful that I already have this I'm thankful that um this is already in my life and be specific and try it out yeah 
girl that's genius that is genius I never thought about taking the things that I write down in my gratitude journal and turning them into affirmations and for the people who thought about that mm, okay good for you but I did not (laughs) (laughs) I have never thought about that you literally just hit me onto something new I think I'm gonna have to try that as well like I mean I feel like I've done it verbally but I still think it'll make a difference to just I need I, I need to go back and I need to reflect. Like I really want to go back and reflect on the things that I've been grateful for. See the consistency, see the things that were added. Cause I think I really think it's just gonna change the game. Seriously. And you may find too that in your list of what you're grateful for, that there are people that were there for seasons. And you know, yeah. you may not even be mad at that person anymore, but you are thankful for what you learned from them in that season or what they had for you in that season so that takes us back to the whole cutting people off thing but you know some people are only there temporarily and that's okay and you can be grateful of the time y'all had together and still move forward with your life yes because I have like focusing on the people that you're like grateful for I've had friendships that have ended we have grown apart but I don't hate them and when they like have family milestones or maybe they're growing in their career or something. I'm so ecstatic as if you would think like we're still BFFs, but we don't even talk. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even talk. But I literally, I wish them well. I, you know, like I'd be excited to see them do well. But I do agree, like sometimes people are just there for a season. Like they can't go with you to your next journey because y'all are going in different freaking directions. And that's okay. That is okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay to be just be grateful of what y'all had together. And if it was not a good time, you know, maybe you want to work on some forgiveness. <laughs> you can work on both things, gratitude or forgiveness, whatever works for you. Let me tell you, it's some people. How do I want to word this? It is some people. I, I'm not necessarily. I don't wish evil things on them, but it's like I don't really care. Like them being out of my life. I get it. I get excited. <laughs> I get a little yeah. excited. I feel a little freer. I will say I had this experience of when I cut off a friendship that um was a close one at the time. The moment that I cut them off, I could feel the freeness. And I literally mm. that some people they're probably gonna, you know, be like, girl, that's so mean. But the moment that I literally sent that final like no like no more this is it I'm done like leave me alone I got up and started dancing after because when I tell you I could feel the freeness flow through my whole entire body I felt the freeness so much I had the joy to literally get up and dance I danced around my house after I cut that person out of my life yo that is how I feel after I quit my job at McDonald's (laughs) oh my god I was listen I I think what I'm saying is that 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 freeness can happen after you quit anything that's toxic or makes you feel weighed down because I swear I, I remember that I quit my job at McDonald's I was on campus I called and I let her know and I was skipping down <laughs> down the campus like so happy so it's not the same but any anything toxic or that straining just feels so good Yes. So you went to college and you had to, I mean, I know the college that you went to, we had some people from high school who went there, but they weren't in the same circle as you. So when you went, you had to pretty much start all the way over. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to people who are trying to find their community, whether it's a new city, a new college, a new place, whatever? What I can say for sure that it will happen unexpectedly. So True. freshman freshman year was the hardest. I will say that every and other people who've gone to college will tell you there is one year <laughs> that is the <laughs> hardest out of all the other ones. And it can be any other, it can be your senior year, it can be your sophomore, freshman, junior, any other years. But there's at least one year where you go through the ringer and you feel like you are on your deathbed. It's horrible. And freshman year was that year for me. And it was hard because I did have two best friends at the time Mickey of course and then another one but we neither one of them was at my school with me um, yeah. so there were other people and so it was very hard to navigate that situation and also I was at a PWI 
which was new for me as well. Um, I was really happy and thankful for my friendship with Mickey because even though we were distant, we were able to stay close, but that was not the same situation for my other friendship. Like it burned, crashed and burned. I mean, we're okay now, but it's, it was very hard to maintain that friendship. And so I didn't meet my really good group until sophomore year. And it just so happened that I lived in the dorm with most of them. And most of us met during a fire alarm. <laughs> like we like we weren't even supposed to met me I feel like unless that fire alarm had been set up by somebody you know burning their mac and cheese <laughs> in the microwave and we all met at, yeah we met and we sat and talked in the hallway when we got banned from the fire alarm and we became friends and then we introduced each other to other people and it was a like I met my core group <laughs> because of a fire alarm y'all like it was crazy yeah that is that now that's a wild story. I kind of like that because y'all will always have. Y'all remember how we met, y'all? Somebody burned mm-hmm. the mac. Then no, <laughs> stuck for life. Shout out to the mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, shout out to that Harper well, Hall in Auburn. <laughs> I think. Um, now I went to when I went to my school. It was a PWI as well. It was a little bit smaller than the one Lisa went to, but. I knew some people going down there, but the craziest thing was, is I didn't really associate in the beginning. So I had a whole, did I make it through? I think I made it through the, I want to say at least a full semester of my freshman year. And I think that was the best thing that the way that it worked out, because I had a full semester of not really associating with people that I went to high school with that I knew down there. Um, and I made friends of my own and I met different people. I met some people in my major. I, I remember was this guy. He was amazing. And I, I'll say his name because there's such a, it's such a common name, but his name was Jordan and he went around and he learned all of our names and he was like, okay, my name's Jordan. What's your name? What's your name? And it was like of opening night. And I remember I went to opening night by myself because my other best friend was down there and they had like stayed back with like the other group and didn't come to like it was like this whole magic show and everything but I had to do that by myself I was proud of doing that by myself I went with my roommate at the time literally um I had to I had to do it by myself and because I had to do it by myself it helped me meet new people and it helped me um step out of my comfort zone again like I said in an earlier part of the episode it's not hard for us to make friends I just don't get out of my face (laughs) (laughs) you're you're definitely more introverted you know you can you do you can do well without with or without like you you um you're the definition of introvert like they should have a a dictionary with your face beside (laughs) introvert Like, if I have it, I'm fine. I'd rather, like, if I'm around my core people, I don't I don't get, like, drained and tired. But when I'm around a group or when I'm around strangers and stuff, I, there's something in my body. And you know how they'd be like, introverts have, like, a social battery. That is the truest thing ever. Because for mm-hmm. extroverts, they go out, they're around crowds, and yeah, 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 I'm recharged. <laughs> me I'm literally like I can feel myself like even in my body language say uh, like in college like if we were at a kit back or something I'm ready to go home probably with after the first hour or something everybody else is like living it up like let's stay here until the old people music come on and I'm like y'all like I'm slouched over in a chair or some or like leaning down on the law because I am drained completely and I want to go home I've literally yeah. had um, guests over in college and it's maybe been like group sessions or something. We're all chit chatting, hanging out. And I've gotten up and left the living room and went and locked, my- <laughs> <laughs> locked myself in my room. Like I've literally left people mid conversation in group situations. And I know that sounds so rude, but some of them would have kept it going on forever. And I- I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm completely done. Like we've chit chatted, we've caught up. What what else? What else is left, people? What else is left? Yeah. So I'm proud of you for going to that welcome meeting by yourself. Kudos. I know, but that's where I met. That's where I met Macy Mace. 
Oh, oh Macy. Yes, love her. She is such a sweetheart. That's where I met her. That's where I met her roommate and uh, Jordan. So many people that would be a part of my college journey for the next four years. So it was like all aligned for us to meet and go at the same time anyways, which is like you said, it's crazy because you wouldn't have dealt with, you know, your core group had the mac and cheese not burned. And had I not had to go to the thing by myself. Yes. I wouldn't have had, I probably wouldn't have met. Well, except for probably Macy, because she was in my major, but the other ones probably not. Probably Mm -hmm. not. It were people that I knew. For the rest of the four, well, I still know them now, but you know, for at least the rest of my four years, I was able to communicate with them and go to events with them. And I thought that was really cool to meet people outside of people I had already known. Yes, yes. Um, And then one of my people that I became really close with was somebody from high school who we had the same dorm together, but we didn't necessarily have to hang out and we did. And And sometimes you can even reconnect with people in an even better way than you expected. Um. So, yeah. I love that. I know where I was going with that, but that's the end of the thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That is perfect. So, for our final thing, and I just want to let you guys know, she'll be back. She'll be back. Oh, we'll have so many sweet. different things to talk about. But for our final thing, is there any piece of advice that you want to leave with the BK family or any like WTF moments you've had this week to just leave and end? Um, I will say, oh, this is so hard. Let me, okay, let me just say something. <laughs> I would say try the gratitude thing, like give it a real shot and see what happens. Um, because it can be, it can be interesting to have, you know, an overwhelming amount of negative emotions and then you try that exercise and you feel a little lighter and a little better. I would also recommend for, especially for like my black women and women of color to try this app called exhale. Um, E X H A L E. Try it out. It's free. It has meditation, it has breathing exercises, all kinds of stuff. It has this meditation called inner peace that I was really thankful of to help me calm down as well with anger and rage. So I highly recommend that um, those two things, gratitude journaling and then that app Excel, I highly recommend. It can be a game changer for you. I love that. I love that. I just want to say, Lissa, thank you so much for joining me and the BK family this week. I think they're going to love it. Thank you so much for inviting me. I was just going downstairs to get some ice cream. And then then I was like, oh, my God, I left my phone upstairs. I go and check it. And you're inviting me. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm so glad I got up to get ice cream and that I had ice cream and a podcast. Like, what? Can we just shout you out right now for how much you are that, like, guys, I literally sent her a text. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, nothing. Just get some ice cream. Like, you want to record an episode? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Who would say no? <laughs> so shout out to you for being the best and also being available. I I love that. So you're the best and I love you so so much and I really really appreciate you for coming on. Oh my goodness, I love you 10,000%. Thank you so much for thinking of me and inviting me and wanting to hear me talk. <laughs> I'm not sure how I sound recorded. So thank you. And I love you so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your night. Okay, guys, that's all the time that we have this week on BK. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.